Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Irene Blog Talk Radio Show with your host and creator, Minister Annie Bell, the founder and executive director of Wealth Management Ministries Incorporated. We are providing talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. Please enjoy the show.
to try to reach out. And when you um, responded back, I was like, yes. I mean, it felt like Christmas to me. Um, so <laughs> he, thank you. And I know that we had to wait till you came back into the United States because you're you spend a lot of time out there, um, you know, in the trenches. So thank you so very much. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I know that sometimes we can get so engulfed and so um, focused on our mission, um, and, but it doesn't mean that you don't have a personality and things that you like to do. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I was born and raised in San Dimas, California, um, and I spent some time in Arizona. Um, I like to travel. Um, that's kind of how I end up falling into uh, the Dominican Republic, where I decided to pursue the organization. Um, so basically, I'm a pretty simple person um, for the most part, um, and that's about it. Are you married? Am I married? No, I'm not. Well, guys, she is beautiful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she is beautiful. She's smart. I don't know if she can cook or not, but hey, um, you know, <laughs> if if uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. This is not a matchmaking show, but I'm just saying, you know, she, she, I, she's beautiful. Um, I, and I, and a beautiful spirit. I think that you know, people can be beautiful on the outside and have the ugliest spirit, and it makes them ugly. But you are beautiful inside and out, and that is just amazing. Um, Thank you. Now you have, you're welcome. You have founded an organization that helps victims of human trafficking, sex trafficking, and um, and the prevention of. So, could you tell us tell us about your organization? What do you do? Uh, what are the programs and things of that sort? I, I really want to make sure our our listeners have a complete understanding of um, what you do and how how you're how you're doing it. How are you finding? the victims and rescuing them and, and all of that. Okay, well, it's our mission to encourage, empower, and employ women and young girls in poverty. So um, basically we have programming in a lot of the different orphanages in the Dominican Republic where we go in and we counsel them about their self-esteem and their identity. A lot of the girls that we work with have been um, sexually abused, emotionally abused, physically abused, and, of course, they've been abandoned because they're here in these orphanages um, without family or uh, mothers and fathers. So we go in there and we do different activities, um, helping them focus on their self-esteem, self-worth, their value, their capacity as a woman. In doing this, we're increasing their uh, the importance of their self-esteem, spiritual and emotional and physical well-being. So these activities encourage growth for them to recognize their capacity and to give them confidence so we can further move on to different aspects um, such as empowering them, which will help them do career planning and, and provide scholarship resources and vocational training um, just to get them um, out of the mindset of that they're inferior or that they, they can't do anything else with their life because of the situations that they're in. Um, a lot of them have been exposed to things such as uh, sex work by their parents or um, that have participated in that type of activity as prostitution. Unfortunately, some of them have been sexually abused in that capacity as well. Um, so we're just trying to get them out of the emotional state that they've been conquered and that they are inferior and that there's nothing good for them in their future 
open up their minds and um, have them dream and be able to know that um, they're valuable, they're cherished, they're eternally in God's hands and cherished by God, and they're capable of transitioning into a more a healthy lifestyle and independent living and that they can accomplish their goals. So within doing that, um, like I said, we build them up emotionally, then we start on goal planning, and then we actually help them execute those goals by checking on them regularly um, and creating employment opportunities. Um, Because it's one thing to help people um, in poverty, um, like the Dominican Republic, but not able to uh, provide a, 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 a an escape from poverty. Obviously, yeah. we need monetary contributions in order to do that. So we're providing them with employment opportunities to be able to do that as well. That is fantastic. Do you help them to uh, come to the United States or just find employment within the Dominican Republic? Within the Dominican Republic. Unfortunately, it's very difficult in order to um get visas and that type of thing for the Dominicans. So what we want to do is help them in their own land be empowered, whether it be entrepreneurship or whether it be um, working for a good job, because unfortunately there's a lot of inequalities in the Dominican Republic with women. Mm -hmm. Um, They, they make half as less um, than men in the same position and they're almost double of the, um, percentage of unemployment rates, which is 15% right now. So most of that is the women that are unemployed. Um, Not only that, they're subject to sexual harassment and all type of things in the workplace Um, as far as having to do sexual favors for bosses or things in order to keep their jobs. So it's a really hostile work environment um, a lot of the times for women that are employed in the DR. So what we do is try to create employment opportunities and work with um, businesses that we know take care of their employees and that, you know, um, have integrity in their work. Um, So that's what we do in order to get them employment opportunities. Amen. And what type of um, employment opportunities do you have? Is it more clerical? Is it, you know, managerial? um, It it could range. Yeah, it could range from um, child care to um, when we do vocational training, we definitely teach um, different cosmetology skills so they can um, be able to work in different salons. It really just depends on what um, the girls are interested in. We try to create a different avenue for each girl to be able to pull upon their passions and their gifts that God has placed in their hearts so they can see um, growth in that area and they can be passionate about what they're pursuing in order to um, create wealth. There's one thing for them to have to just do work. Work, um, that they may not be, you know, excited about having to do, but they have to put food on the table. And that's one of the biggest concerns in the DR. Um, because of the poverty, the sex trade is what um, is, is, is appealing, um, be- mm-hmm. only because it's so hard to even put food on the table and find work um, for a fair wage. So that's where mm-hmm. you have mothers and, 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 and young girls going into that to get quick money. And, you know, the the sad thing about it is the exploitation mostly happens in, in, uh, and I'm in the, uh, impoverished areas, you know, uh, and so I think you have hit all of my hot buttons as far as making sure that they life into them and that you are also, um, looking to place them in their passion, uh, so that they can pursue their passion instead of just, you know, go get a job. And um, I know sometimes we do, we do have to get a job to make sure that 
our needs are met, but to know to learn how to then turn around and pursue that which you know you're passionate about and what your the purpose of your your life um, and meeting up with their destiny. So I absolutely love all the the things that you are doing within that in your program. Um, Thank you. Uh, you're hitting in all hitting all the areas that um, I believe will bring forth a well-rounded uh, individual who. If they just desire to succeed outside of the sex industry, that you know that they can. So um, mm-hmm. I think that is powerful. Tell me, um, what you know, what story? What was the one story that just broke your heart? Um, you know, that you, of one of the victims that you were able to um, help or even come in contact with. Well, there was a young girl um, in the orphanage, one of the orphanages that we do our lesson plans in, and she um, had told me about her her childhood. Um, she had a promiscuous mother who I believe was into prostitution. She was sexually abused herself, and um, she was given away to the orphanage um, and actually taken away from the police because of the hostile environment that she was in. So when I met these girls in the beginning, um, it was kind of a sense of hopelessness that you can feel from them um, Mm -hmm. because of their past. Um, So it just broke my heart that a lot of them hadn't even explored their future or possibilities of what they could make of their future. Um, I had a young girl ask me, um, actually she she thanked me for asking her what did she want to do with her life. Um, because she said no one's ever asked me that, like what I want to do or what I want to become, um, in particular her as well. Her parents had passed away in the um, in Haiti. She's actually Haitian. And um, she, she, she just, you know, was traumatized by that and fell into a state of depression. And um, it's, it's just a, a, a passion of mine to see the look on the girls' faces when they decide that, you know, maybe I am capable of more and I can have a better future. And that's continued to drive me into, um, you know, trying to make a better situation for these young girls and empowering them to change their lives. Amen. And, and, and that is so sad because a lot of times uh, we're finding that our victims are victimized straight from home. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, whether there's drug-related, financial crisis, or both, and uh, we find so many, and I hear so many, where children are being bartered like just, you know, assets. And, um, you know, I was reading one story about a girl from India who um, was sold to uh, a gentleman like, and she felt she was like a cow or, um, you know, one of the barnyard animals because she, they just sat there and just said, okay, how much do you want for her? And the parents, you know, gave them the exactly. whatever. And it was nothing, you know, and we, you and I, we value life more. Uh, we value people more. And um, it's hard to put a price tag on a human. But they were yeah. able to put a price tag on her, and she was sold for something close to what a cow would have been sold for. Wow. And, um, and it's sad. Now, and we also know the violence of uh, sex trafficking, the sex trafficking industry. When we come back, I, I do have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the statistics of 
the sex trafficking industry out there in the Dominican Republic. So everyone, please stay, stay put. We'll be right back after the, this short station break. Thank you. Hello, everybody. My name is Minister Annie Bell, and I am the host of Irene Blog Talk Radio Show, where we endeavor to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas, as well as being the vehicle by which we use to bring awareness and resources to the community to aid in the prevention of these abuses. IRAIN, which is a declarative acronym for the individual survivor. That means I. I identify myself as a survivor, no longer a victim. R. Reclaim my life. E. Excel at living. G. Grow in Christ. And N. Nurture myself and others. This declarative acronym has developed into a victorious lifestyle brand that empowers and aids in the healing journey of survivors of abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. I have also written a book entitled, with the namesake, I Reign, A Survivor's Guide to Thrive, which is now available at Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. Pick up your copy of my book today and join me every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. here on We Inspire Network Radio, where together, through God, we win. If we endure, we will reign with Christ. Welcome back to I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. Yay, yay. Thank you for staying with me um, while we took that short break. Now, welcome back. This is I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show. Me, I'm your host, Minister Annie Bell. We are on We Inspire Network Radio, and um, we're here talking with Crystal Green about some of the um, I guess the victimization that is happening out there in the Dominican Republic and uh, again it's always so sad to hear the realities uh, of what our children go through and those who are vulnerable and uh, women as well and how they are being treated uh, in these other countries so um, Miss Green welcome back to the show thank you for uh, again for, uh, for being part of our show today Thank you. Now, uh, before leaving, I said that we want, I wanted to talk a little bit about the averages or the statistics. So how many young girls and boys and women um, are affected by sex trafficking in the Dominican Republic? Um, well, uh, Dominican Republic is said that it's the third largest uh, international crime enterprise for um, sex trafficking. Um, wow, it creates over Definitely. It's about $9.5 billion uh, annually that come from sex trafficking in the DR. But also um, with sex tourism, um, 
you have uh, over 100,000 prostitutes um, in the Dominican Republic. That's three times per capita of the United States of America. So um, there's um, the the biggest problem, I would say, is that it's legal. Prostitution is legal in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously you have people that come from different countries, France, Germany, even the U.S., that come to sleep with the women there in the DR. And that's um, – when I found out about this statistic um, was from researching after I'd actually been to the island and saw how prevalent in the tourist area that sex tourism is. Um, you'll see prostitutes everywhere and all kind of foreigners with the prostitutes on the streets and in the clubs and everywhere that you go. Um, so basically, um, obviously, you're in a country of poverty. Um, we're over 15% unemployment rate. Um, and a lot of people are doing this work in order just to put food on the table for their families and their children. But then as well as we talk about sex trafficking, um, a lot of Dominican women are forced into sex trafficking, being um, taken to other countries in promise of better futures and um, employment opportunities. But when they get to the other um countries, they find that they've been sold into the sex trade industry and they're actually sex trafficked into those type of environments where they thought they may have been um, pursuing a career as a maid, but they find out they're going to be, um, you know, sex workers. Yes. And um, for those who don't know what it means, what sex tourism is, can you um, share what what that is? Um, What what sex trafficking is? Is that... I'm sorry. Sex, sex tourism. Oh, sex tourism. Okay, sex tourism. Tourism is um, men go to different countries or women, um, like Thailand or um, Dominican Republic, for example, and you go with intent to be able to sometimes bring a sex worker into your resort. Um, a lot of them pay for one for the week and they just hire a a woman to come live with them for the week and you know obviously service them and then there's um, other brothels throughout the entire town where it's legal where you just you know you know where to go pick up women so a lot of people um, because of you know different um, different demographics like um of women, it's it's like an exotic thing for them to be able to go out of the country and um, have other women that they can pay for that is legal, and they don't have to worry about the um, repercussions of illegal activity with prostitution. So you have thousands and thousands of people coming in every year for that very purpose. Mm-hmm. The sad thing about it, um, I mean, so many aspects are sad, but one of the saddest things for me is that. Within the sex tourism, people are coming, leaving out of their own nation to come to another nation to abuse. Um, There are children as young as four who are put into sex trafficking, prostitution um, situations, and they have to service anywhere from 10 to 20 men a day. Four, age four. I am forty-eight, and I'm gonna tell you, um, I I, there's I can't even fathom having to lay down with that many men, having that many men penetrate my body, Um, and and uh, you know, sex trafficking again is horrendous because there is conditioning that happens a lot of the times where um, before you even 
get started but before they even start working you as a sex worker, they will beat and rape you and also starve them. And so uh, it, they put the, they put fear in them so great that, you know, try, just trying to think about running away is, it, they, it enters their mind, but it soon has to leave because they're so scared of it. Um, people are killed, you know, right in front of them. And then, of course, let's not even forget the Johns the Johns who are coming in there and they are so violent. Um, and I've spoken about this before, but here in the United States, in the rural areas, you'll find where a trafficker will take a um, sex worker, uh, a, a victim, sex trafficked victim, and take them into the rural farm areas where there are um, immigrant work farmhands. And they, for some reason, they have a lot of pent-up sexual energy because, uh, you know, maybe they're not, they don't have other women there that they can maybe, uh, you know, get, you know, they savagely rape them. Um, and so, and they have anywhere from 60 to 80, 80 farmhands that one or two girls would have to see before um, they are actually allowed to leave to and then their 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 trafficker after they're done servicing the the, uh, the 60 to 80 farmhands they will then take them right back into the city and put them right back on the street and um yeah battered beaten bloody bruised they just put them right back on so it is a heinous and hideous um or uh you know crime organization um, with no feelings, to, no empathy or compassion for the victims that they have. Um, and like you said, I think it's astounding that you said it's the third largest and there, and it makes $9.5 billion. Um, and, but, you know, if some of that money, more of that money would come back to the hands of the worker, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying I'll condone it. I'm just saying they don't even get to see a tenth of that, not even, mm-hmm. a, you know, it's under a percent what they receive. Um, so anyway, my, my other question that I have is, um, you know, and we talked about this a little bit, but what, are there any other factors that enable this industry to continue to thrive in the foreign country? Well, um, I would say that, you know, obviously um, the poverty is the main factor. Uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to different countries like that. And then also um, just the inequalities for women. Sometimes the uh, machoism society where women are devalued, um, it mm-hmm. makes it easier for things like this to happen in that type of environment. Um, when there's obviously inequalities for women, there's um, a high rate of domestic abuse. There's a high rate of, um, you know, everything that has to do with women that's degrading in that country. So um, it makes it easier to devalue women and um, have them subject to that type of um, lifestyle and occupation. And that is so true. Um, When you think of, and me, I I truly believe that it is a misinterpretation and a misunderstanding of what the Bible has said about women and how men uh, are to treat women. There's, you know, uh, in the I know in the Old Testament it talks about, you know, women and 
he's not being able to um, have any possessions unless the, there's a man, her, her husband has it. If the husband dies, she must marry another man. And, and, you know, really when you look at it and when you, at first glance, it looks like there is this, you know, inferiority, inferior treatment of women. But I believe it is God who is truly saying that the women need to be taken care of and to be nurtured and to be um, that we are not to be alone in um, in this world, that there should always be someone to cover us. And but it is taken out of context and then used more so to then oppress. Um, and so you have this rampant belief of women being inferior. And here in the United States, I mean, we've come a long way, you know, but there is still yeah. a disparity in how much a woman makes than a, than a man and, and how we're treated. Um, you know, again, we've come a long way and I don't know too many other places where I would rather live um, than here in the United States. But, um, you know, you, you, you look in these um, other foreign countries, especially in the impoverished nations, you, you find a huge disparity there. And, um, and like you said, money plays such an important role. One of the things that we do uh, with Wealth Management Ministries, we teach financial literacy to the underserved communities um, just for that reason. And then we uh, started our, our counseling arm last year because people who are broken, it's hard for them to grasp or embrace hope when they're, they, they feel so hopeless inside. So we've got to be able to speak to them and be able to counsel and, 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 and bring them uh, back to what God, to the understanding of what God say, say that they are um, and not what man say they are, you know. Um, so that's why I love what you're doing because you're, you're hitting all those spots, all those areas of necessity. Um, I have to take another quick break, but when I come back, I, you know, I want you to think about this question. If money was not an issue for you, what would you do to stop sex trafficking in the Dominican Republic, in the U.S., and globally? Okay, so everybody, please, again, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief station identification. Sadly, today, most of us know at least one person that suffers from addiction or substance abuse. Addiction does not discriminate. No age, gender, race, or classes of people are immune to the horrors of addiction. This epidemic has ruined families, claimed lives, and left loved ones devastated. Over 100 people die from overdoses daily, and over 20 million Americans suffer from some form of addiction. For this reason, author Lloyd H. Bell Jr. has written the book Clean and Serene, the author is an addictions counselor and recovering addict of over 13 years. He knows and has first-hand experience of being caught in the grips of addiction. Clean and Serene provides experience, strength, and hope for the still-suffering addict. It can also be used as a tool in recovery. Whether it is used in a group setting or individually, this book was written to assist in the recovery process and encourage integrating inspirational encouraging and challenging scriptures the author has provided a resource that is sure to change lives if you or someone you know is battling with addiction this book is for you if you are in recovery 
This is a great resource to add to your toolbox. If you are a group leader or addictions counselor, this is an awesome book for group therapy. Clean and Serene, Scriptural Meditations for Recovery is available nationwide in both ebook and print. Get your copy or a copy for some you know today from Amazon or Barnes & Noble Bookstore. For less than $10, you can potentially change the life of someone currently paying the high cost of living with an addiction. Welcome back to I Rain Block Up Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bear. Hello, hello. For those who are just joining us, you're tuned into Irene Book Talk Radio Show, powered by We Inspire Network Radio. I am your host, Minister Annie Bell. And um, for those who may not know, we actually have uh, sponsorships and advertising available on our shows. So please contact our marketing department at 201-477-0469. Now, we are back with the beautiful and stylish Crystal Green, um, who is also the founder of Eternally Cherished um, Incorporated. So she, before we left, I asked her to think about the question, if money was not an issue, what would she do? Um, What could she do to stop sex trafficking in the Dominican Republic and the world? That's such a it's such a huge question, and um, I do. I'll start off with what you know. What we have planned now that it would all be awesome if money was not an issue as well. Um, so we're in the process of setting up um, transitional homes. Um, our first transitional home will launch in January, February in the Dominican Republic. We have a lot of girls aging out of the orphanage system, and they are put out on the streets or with strangers or with old family members that they were taken away from from abuse. Um, so within this transitional home, um, they are taught life skills, uh, vocational skills. They're mentored. Um, they have um, counseling by psychologists as well as um, internships and different various jobs job opportunities, and then upon completion of the 9- to 12-month program is job placement. Um, So what I would think to do in the beginning right now with what I'm working on, if money wasn't an issue, um, is to be able to provide more um, internships and employment opportunities, um, more uh, mentorship, and more transitional homes throughout the entire world. Um, it's not our only it's not our only mission to impact the Dominican Republic. We actually would like to do this internationally. So if money wasn't an issue, um, I think right now our focus would be on these transitional hands-on program housing to be able to get these young girls while they're young um, because I think that if we have uh, um, um, an understanding of our value and capacity as a woman and who God created us to be and, and who we are in Christ, that we would not put ourselves in dangerous situations um, that might allow us to be subject to this type of living, whether it be prostitution 
obviously sex trafficking is a lot more uh, brutal than that and a lot and people are forced into that but what I mean as far as um, preventing the sex trade industry in the Dominican Republic if we could build up these young girls with our programming um, with our seminars with our annual events that we have and and our lesson plans empowering 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 and then actually creating a way of escape and opportunities to have fair wages to have employment to have entrepreneurship um, um, uh, skills that are being, you know, taught to them about how they can create a better financial future for them and their families. Um, so if money wasn't an object, that would definitely be what it would all go towards to um, these transitional homes. Thank you for that. That's, you know, great, great um, thought. And I think to add to that, um, I believe the punishment. Now, I, I don't believe in capital punishment, but I'm real close. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> on certain <laughs> On certain um, crimes, I feel that it ha- the, the punishment needs to be commensurate, you know. But I think that the punishment needs to be harder. The we I believe the, I would spend the money a lot of the money on changing the laws of yeah. each land and making sure that um, uh, the abuse doesn't continue by way of saying, okay, if you do, you're not just going to get a slap on the wrist. I mean, I've heard of some, I mean, just heinous sentences, you know, somebody who has raped a six-year-old for, um, for and starting at six and raped it for years, receiving a probation of no jail time, sometimes 30 days or six months. And he, it's, that's pervasive here in the United States, this free world. And um, depending on which state you're in, you could have harsh sentencing that's, you know, again, commensurate with your, with the crime. Or you could be in a state where it's, it's a, not even a slap on the wrist. To me, it is a go ahead and do it again, um, a permission. Because, you know, um, and so I, I, would, I would spend some money, a lot of money there. I would also spend money on teaching our male population. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there has to be some mindsets. I, I know there are some places around here, there's a John school. If you get caught uh, soliciting prostitution, uh, you get, you have to go to this John school. Well, I think it needs to be something like that where they go to the school, they learn about how it, it affects the ch- the person, the child, who they have just victimized. Um, and I believe that Johns need to go to jail. I, I, that, to me, especially in the land where it is illegal, uh, prostitution is illegal, I believe that they need to be charged for rape. Don't take the prostitution, yes. you know. Exactly. That's, that's not stopping the demand. Um, you know, I, I believe that if the John has been um, – with a child, then it should be child rape, child sexual assault. They mm-hmm. need to be hit with um, that type of uh, redirection so that they won't, the, so that to, to, to alleviate the demand, because the, the supply will continue if the demand is there. You know, um, the money is so great. And one of the reasons, you know, uh, for our listening audience, one of the reasons why sex trafficking is such a, is becoming the number one world crime. It's right now number two 
behind drug and drug trafficking and um, arms dealing. And so it's because the, the you know the women or, or the children are commodities that can be resold over and over again. It's not like mm-hmm. cocaine or a gun. Once you sold it, you got to go get another one and then sell that again. In in this arena, the the, the human uh, is seen as a commodity that could be sold. The same one can be sold over and over and over again. And I believe the average. Um, that a sex trafficked uh, victim makes for the the daddy or the pimp is anywhere from thirty five thousand to sixty thousand uh, dollars a year. Um, wow. Yeah, and so just think of the person who has four, five, six, you know, um, women, and then um, you have the the uh, the whole doing this underground, and so it's a huge, it's $9.5 million in just the Dominican Republic alone, mm-hmm. I just think how much you think it is through the entire world. I believe, if, if, I, if my um, uh, recollection serves me correct, it is anywhere from um, 25 to $30 billion industry, and that's just sex trafficking. We're not talking about pornography. We're not talking about prostitution. So it's, it's a huge, huge moneymaker. And that's why, you know, the, and, and then you have these who are so perverted that they, you know, continue, like you said, do the, the sex tourism. They even come out here to Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. Businessmen will travel to Atlanta, be picked up by a pimp, taken to their, um, you know, victim of choice whether it's a little girl, little boy, um, you know, Russian woman, whatever it is, they have their way with them. The pimp takes them back to the airport, and then they go back home to their wives and children and corporate life. Um, So now my next question, you know, what are some ways to protect our vulnerable population from becoming a victim, Um, you know, so that we could help those now who are listening? Wow. Um, so I would definitely say that um, as far as sex trafficking, that's such a such a difficult, you know, subject when people are forced into doing that. And, you know, a lot of girls kidnapped and, and um, you know, brought into that lifestyle. Um, so I would definitely say it's, it's, a, it's a level of security in our nation as far as parents um, knowing what their children are into um, and their whereabouts and, you know, uh, giving and, and paying attention to the signs of what it may look like, uh, you know, to know if their children have been, you know, um, participating in sex work or um, maybe hanging around someone that, you know, might be luring them into that lifestyle. Um, as well as the, with the Internet and social media age that we're in, it's so dangerous for um, people to be able to lure different victims into that type of lifestyle as well. So I guess educating ourselves, educating our children as well would be the key thing in order to prevent um, a lot of the statistics that are going on in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Uh, one of the things that uh, – I always say is that we have to build the esteem of our children. Um, uh, I would, I'm a 
survivor of child sexual abuse. And I, so I grew, I, I told myself that if I ever have kids, I will begin to teach them the right and wrong at an early age. So right about two, I started teaching the no touch zones and, um, you know, talking to them about how beautiful they are and how loved they are, um, giving them the nurturing that they need because there are some victims who are brought into the sex trafficking industry by a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. And they are saying, oh, God, you know, I love you. You're beautiful. So they're hearing all the things that they needed to hear from their father and their mother to, that brings them yeah. validation at home. So that's something very easy that can be done at home. Um, education, like you said, starting from home. Um, we, we homeschool our kids. So they learn from us uh, before they learn from, from the uh from the outside, you know, we want to teach them what God is saying about who they are and what they are and uh, what, you know, what it means to be chaste and having chastity and, and all of that. They hear it from us so that uh, when they hear false teaching, they'll be able to identify it. So that's another thing. Um, you know, stay connected within the, uh, with the police department, with the news, and, and listen about what is going on around you because, like she said, people are being kidnapped. Here in, in Atlanta, you could get um, swiped up 40 miles from Atlanta, and it's still considered Metro Atlanta, but 40 miles from home, drugged up and thrown into the streets of Atlanta. They have no idea where they are because they're so discombobulated with all the drugs that are being pushed into their system, the beatings that they are enduring and all the rape. And so, um, you know, you got to keep your eye out on, on your on your kids, you know, keep your eyes open. Um, the other question that I have for you, and uh, we'll come back, we're taking our last break for the uh, this evening, but the question that I'm going to ask you when you get back is then, you know, who do we who do we report it to when we believe there might be a, some uh, some some tra- someone being sex trafficked or just uh, suspecting someone of trafficking? So, everyone, again, please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Minister Lloyd Bell Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you, and I am Minister Annie Bell, the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. Welcome back to Irene Blog Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bear. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you again for staying tuned and 
um, you know, listening in. I, I hope you're finding everything that you hear uh, that is, is relative and, and good information for you. I am Minister Annie Bell, your host of Irene Blog Talk Radio Show. I also want to issue a trigger warning for those who are survivors of abuse and sex trafficking and or sex trafficking um, who might be listening this evening. It, if it is urgent that you speak with someone immediately, call the um, call the national uh, hotline of Polaris, 1-888-3737-8888, um, just so that you'll get the help that you need. And um, But if you would like to join with us, uh, you know, get on my Facebook page, inbox me. If you just need some one-on-one prayer, we also have that available. And um, I... You can also, of course, call us on Thursday nights. We have intercessory prayer warriors on duty who are just waiting for you to call and so that we can pray with you. You don't have to suffer this by yourself. You're not alone. Uh, you can reach out to to us or the hotline that I had just given you. Um, and that, again, is Thursday, our prayer line is Thursday nights at 930 Eastern. The number is 530-881-1212, access code 225-184-078. If I read that too fast, that's okay. Just look down on our slideshow. You're going to find information about how to get in touch with us about the prayer line and some um, other information, as you might have already seen, how to get in touch with Crystal Green as well. So, again, welcome back, and thank you, um, uh, Crystal Green, for staying with us and um, question was that who do we report if we suspect someone is being trafficked or suspect someone of trafficking? Well, um, obviously, if you're in immediate danger or if someone is in immediate danger, you want to call 911. And then um, as well as you can call the sex trafficking, um, the human trafficking hotline, which you mentioned before, um, the 888-373-7888, confidential. So they'll be able to um, get the help that you need and listen to your concern. That's good. And, you know, there's a thing called bystander intervention. Don't put yourself at risk, but if you see something going on, be the hero and the shero of that moment. Um, yes. Somehow, uh, you know, distract them. Somehow uh, just be able to be able to see if that person needs help. Now, with sex trafficking victims, because we had talked about it before, they have so much fear um, beaten into them, and you know they are convinced that they may never be able to uh, leave this person without risking their life. So they might tell you, "No, I don't need help. No, I don't want help." I know this one young lady who was being um, trafficked, and I had gotten her phone number, and I was calling her. She had a cell phone where. That's how the Johns would reach her. And um, I said, hey, do you need some help? I can help you. And she literally, she got mad at me um, for calling. And, you know, she, she, you know, she used some choice words with me. But that just let me know that she was just too scared at that moment. So I told her, hey, here's my number. When you get uh, to a position or a place where you have a little bit of privacy, just reach out to me and I'll get help for you. And so um, 
those are the type of things that you want to leave in their mind. There is help. You're there to help. You want to help, and their life is worth more than what they're what they're doing. I, the lady, young lady, never called me um, back, and I pray that somehow she got out of it. But her boyfriend was tra- uh, uh, was trafficking her sexually, um, wow. and um, she had lost her child in the midst of all that. They had taken her away, so it's a it's a sad situation. Um, now, your again, your um, organization. Eternally cherished. You said that you are have going to be uh, building some or opening some transitional homes. What are some other future goals for your organization? Um, well, <clears throat> within um, doing the transitional home and creating upon the exit of the girls, creating up employment opportunities. We actually want to be able to be the employer as well of a lot of these girls, so we can make sure that they're receiving fair wages and they're being treated um, with integrity in the workplace. Um, so we plan to open um, different um, establishments, such as the plaza, that will facilitate different um, storefronts that can pull upon the skills of the girls. For instance, one will house a bakery, a salon, um, a, a boutique uh, with handmade items from the girls that are interested in jewelry making and, and things of that nature. So one of our big future goals is to be able to launch that plaza and to be able to start facilitating more jobs for the girls that are coming out of the transitional homes. Oh, fabulous. I love that idea. I do. It is, <laughs> oh, my gosh, that is so good because you're basically a one-stop shop. You know, you're, yeah. you are pulling um, and reaching out and pulling these girls out of these hopeless situations and putting them in the midst of hope. And then you're showing them how they can, um, you know, live uh, and stay in hope. And then, I mean, you're just creating a legacy out there. And so that is just absolutely fabulous. Um, is, your, is your corporate office located in the United States and then you work through the corporate office to fund your organization in the Dominican Republic? Is that how you have that set up? Yes, uh, we're a 501c3 registered in the state of Arizona. Um, so we, we um, that's how our corporate office receives um, all our donations and things, and then we uh, do our work in the Dominican Republic. Now, for those who may have a couple thousand dollars, a million laying around, um, what <laughs> is your what is your monetary need, or do you have some physical needs as well for the organization? Well, our monetary need is um, to be able to at least. Um, support the transitional home that we plan to launch in January, February for about 15 girls that have aged out of the orphanage that are being putting that are being put on the streets or putting put with um you know dangerous family members in approximately um gosh about 3 to 4,000 a month that um goes towards being able to create this environment for these girls to get this training and to um learn about sexual health and life skills and and um, vocational training for teachers to come in and for psychologists to come in and meet with the girls. So we're definitely working on um, different grants and sponsorships. If people would like to sponsor a girl through our program, we're always accepting that as well. That is fabulous. So um, how much is it to sponsor uh, a, a survivor? Um, it would be $30 a month. That is nothing. I no, know, it's not. I'm the living. 
Yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I got excited for Yeah, no, no. The living conditions, obviously, it's a different level of um, living conditions in the Dominican Republic. So, mm-hmm. obviously, $30 a month would be nothing for us, but it would actually be a lot um, to be able to facilitate one of these girls to have a better future. Wow. Listen, if you don't mind, if you have a flyer or um, a link where you have that sponsorship information, and if you don't have one, if you don't mind creating one, I will put it up on my uh, website as well as my all of my um, Facebook pages so that uh, in hopes of uh, getting some sponsorships for your survivors. Um, and that's how we want to, you know, we want to do that and more. Uh, I We are also going international with our uh, financial literacy or financial empowerment education and sustainability program. And so uh, we're launching internationally and would love to, you know, see what we could do to help you uh, as well so that we can, um, again, link arms and partner together because, you know, with just one finger may not be that strong, but if we put all the fingers together, we can make a powerful fist. Um, And I I don't know where I heard that from, but, you know, I had to say that. Now, how can our listeners then get in touch with you or anyone from your organization? Well, you can visit our website at www.eternallycherished.org, www.eternallycherished.org. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search Eternally Cherished and we'll come up. Powerful. Um, Again, she... It can be reached on, if you have the internet, she can be reached anywhere. Um, you know, you can Google her, her organization. You can Google or look up her, look her up on Facebook as well. Uh, also, if you look on the sliding, the slideshow, uh, for those who have tuned in on the computer, you can see her information on that as well so that you can um, capture it. Crystal Green, this has been a fantastic hour of talking with you. Um, Thank you for sharing all that information. But most of all, I just thank God for your desire to help people who um, are being victimized. Thank you. Thanks for allowing us to have this opportunity to share our work. That is what we're here for. Um, Everyone, thank you again for joining us. I do want to share the wisdom to rain. Um, When it rains... Soar above the clouds. Now, to make a donation or get in touch with you, to me, not you, but to get in touch with me or my team, please go to www.wealthmngt.org or follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Irene Stop Abuse and Abolish Sex Trafficking. Also, you can uh, get in touch with me at www.anniebellministries.com for any speaking engagements or counseling and um, other services that we provide. Also go to YouTube channel, Irene Blog Talk, and become a subscriber so that you won't miss any of our shows. Now repeat after me. I reclaim my life. I excel at living. I illuminate the dark. I grow in Christ, and I nurture myself and others. Let's reign together with Christ. Thank you, everyone, for joining in, and um, see you next Tuesday at 8 p.m.